Welcome to the Bentonville Beacon, where we bring you success stories from business leaders and owners about their triumphs and growth in the Bentonville and Northwest Arkansas community. You'll hear about how Bentonville has been the backdrop for incredible growth, not only for businesses and their employees, but in their personal lives as well. Tune in, subscribe, and enjoy hearing about Bentonville, where you get more of what you want and less of what you don't. Welcome back to the Bentonville Beacon Podcast, where we're sharing the stories and advice from the entrepreneurs, business executives, and community leaders sparking the rise of Bentonville, one of the fastest growing and most dynamic cities and economies in the United States, nestled in the Ozark Mountains of Northwest Arkansas in the heartland of America. Hi, I'm your host, James Bell, and I am a huge fan of bakeries. So it is a privilege then to introduce you to one of Bentonville's bakery stars, Sandy Macklem. Sandy is the founder and owner of Sandy Sue's Gluten-Free Bakery, which specializes in serving our Northwest Arkansas community with gluten-free breads, pies, cakes, and custom orders. So if you're living that gluten-free life, or if you just love really yummy food, Sandy Sue's is the place for you. Sandy, welcome (laughs) to the Bentonville Beacon Podcast. And I'll just go ahead and confess now that, uh, we had to make this take about seven times for me to get her name right. I'm proud of you. Good job. Welcome to the podcast, Sandy. Welcome. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Let's start this off the easy way. Without getting into baking or your shop yet, will you okay. share with the Bentonville Beacon audience what we should know about you? Besides, I'm very patient, especially today. Um, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. That's just a dig at you. I... That's a really good question. I worked in retail for 25 years. Most of that was Walmart. Moved here in mid-90s when I was in high school. And frankly, out of all the 20-odd places I've lived, this is probably my favorite. So, Very cool. Well, we'll definitely get into some of that. Where does your passion for baking come from? And I guess what I'm asking is, when did you start baking and, and what was your inspiration? My great-grandma on my dad's side and my grandma on my mom's mom were just incredible cooks. And I remember the first thing I learned how to make, funny enough, when I was probably like five years old, I don't know, was whole wheat bread. Hmm. And my grandma used to help me, let me knead the bread and measure everything. And it's always cooking, cooking, baking has always been a hobby. It's just nothing. I never, never really thought it was sustainable as a career until, until later. So. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. So it it turns out we have a whole week connection back to then too. So this is, this is really, it seems ironic. Uh Um, Sandy, how about the bakery then? Uh, Why did you start Sandy Sue's gluten-free bakery? The gluten-free bakery question. I actually have celiac. My, uh, Journey was probably, I think we started like, I started like 10 years ago with gluten-free diet. Um, I had some health issues, needed to take care of, food sensitivities I found. Everything, all the issues I had cleared up when I went gluten-free. Hashimoto's disease runs in my family and I thought it was a thyroid issue. Turns out Hashimoto's, which is an autoimmune disease, and celiac, like to, they like to hang out together and party. So if Hashimoto's runs in your family or celiac runs in your family, the 
likelihood of you getting one of those increases. Everybody has Hashimoto's in mind, except for me. Wow. Oh, whatever. Got a bakery out of it. Are you kidding? It's great. I started baking again for myself once I kind of found out that gluten-free food really, baked goods really don't taste good. Honestly, no. they really... Yours do. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate <laughs> yeah. that. Thank you. Just to be clear. <laughs> no, like, but, but it's true. Um, there's such a stigma attached. You, you tell somebody, you don't want to tell somebody that, oh, hey, that's gluten-free until they try it. And they're like, oh, this is good. Oh, by the way, it's gluten-free. It just has that kind of stigma in, in that. And we're trying, that's what we're trying to change. Okay. So when did you start the bakery? I started the bakery um, August 2020 out of the house. I left left my career at Sam's, started the bakery, enrolled at Brightwater in culinary school. A year later, 2021, September 2021, we opened our proof of concept at the A Street Market. A year and a half later, we left there. So that would have been February of this year. And then May 17th, we opened at our new location. So in true entrepreneurial fashion, let me make sure I got this right. You somehow rationalized that you should quit a great paying job with great benefits at a great company uh, and go back to school and start a business. Yes. All at the same time yep. during COVID. Mm -hmm. Okay. Just want to make sure I got the story right. Yeah. Um, that's what it. happened. That's the true entrepreneur spirit. I have to ask, did COVID make it harder or easier to start your business? Easier, actually. Since you're a home-based business um, operating under cottage laws and whatnot, we didn't have to worry about people coming to us. We delivered to the people across the area, which was really nice. People could pay online or what have you, or we could mask up, open the door, hand them their stuff and whatever. But there was limited contact, which was perfect during COVID. Wow, that's great. Once again, COVID comes through for somebody. It's, you know, I mean, I'm a baker. I Life gives me lemons. I make lemon blueberry muffins or a lemon cake. I mean, you know, it is what it is. Absolutely. Well, Sandy, let's go back for a moment and talk about Brightwater. Okay. That is a true treasure in our community. And I don't think we've spent time, we've come up a couple of times on this show, but I don't think that we've spent time talking about Brightwater any. So will you share about your experiences there? What is Brightwater and what were your experiences? So Brightwater is our local culinary school. Um, it's a, I guess, division, I don't know, of NWAC. It is one of the more state-of-the-art cooking facilities in the nation. Mm -hmm. We are incredibly lucky to be, to have what we have and to have Brightwater as a starting point for just the foodie, whole foodie vibe in Bentonville. We're lucky enough there to get Matt Cooper in to judge some kind of crazy competition or Rafael Rios to talk to the graduating class in mm -hmm. May about what it takes to start your own restaurant and the sacrifices. Most people don't get that. We've had, um, funny enough, the United States has a culinary Olympic team to thunk. Huh. I had no idea. And they've used Brightwater facilities as a training location twice now. And they've been, they were telling us that it's, it's one of the best facilities they've used. And Bentonville is one of the most welcoming communities they've been in, which is, which is awesome. I, you, 
the amount of things you learn from all the world-class chefs and instructors in the area and the networking is, it's invaluable. It's invaluable to, to the community, to my business. Yeah, you really can't beat that. So uh, Northwest Arkansas Community College, you mentioned in Wacomondigo. Yep. They've really got a treasure there with Brightwater. They do. Glad they're here. And so they're at 8th Street Market. Yep. Which is also, you mentioned Rafael Rios. Yes. Of course, uh, Yayo's is yep. at 8th Street Market. And so you started your business at home, mm-hmm. started at Brightwater, and then you transitioned to brick and mortar at 8th Street Market. Yep. Why did you launch there? So A Street provided us a really great um, opportunity for a proof of concept, essentially limited financial risk on our part, because my husband and I self-funded for mm-hmm. till the beginning of this year, actually. All the equipment, the major equipment is already in the space, albeit it was only 100 square feet, but we could get our product to a newer, seg- a larger segment of the community and make sure that what we thought was good is what everybody else thought was good. Yeah. And kind of build from there. Um, we got a really, a really strong following while we were at A Street, even though it was incredibly hard to find. I got a lot of phone calls. I'm sorry, where are you? I can't find you. We're we're inside. Anyway. But it was just, it was a great proof of concept space without that experience. Cause like I said, I spent 25 years in retail. I yeah. had no I don't know how to run a bakery. I'm just figuring out as I go. And if it's successful, even better. No, I'm kidding. That's not really how it goes. But but it gave me a chance to kind of figure out the flow and whether this was for me personally a sustainable business option, whether it could I could transition it from a hobby mm-hmm. to a business, a sustainable business. That was that was the biggest question that A Straight answered. And now we have a, a huge location. It's like literally 17 times bigger than our old one. It's crazy. I still don't know what to do with all the space. <laughs> That's amazing. Well, I, uh, you know, you could say it's an eight streets, an incubator of sorts. Then. It is. And uh, just a treasure in our community mm-hmm. as well. Okay. So you graduated from Brightwater. Yep. You graduated from your house to 8th Street. I did. And now you've essentially graduated from the 8th Street market out of the incubator to 14th Street. Will you talk about uh, that store? What's that all about? So the bakery on 14th Street, one, it's, uh, like I said, 17 times larger than our old one. So we've got an insane amount of production space. I'm not used to it. You might have to cut this later. I don't know. But we, uh, we had a customer that when we first opened in the middle of May, they came in, he's like, he's like, oh, it's like, this isn't a one butt space anymore what? And he's like, well, your old space, there was only enough for like one person. So it was a one butt space. I was like, oh, oh, oh my God, aren't you funny? I got you. So we, we have a lot more room for people, team members, um, production. We still have our wholesale accounts that we had previously, Sweet Freedom Cheese, Meld Kitchen, mm-hmm. Northwest Arkansas Children's Hospital. You see our products in the cafeteria periodically. But with the larger location, one, we can offer more menu items, sandwiches, soups, salads, breakfast stuff. And then also we can ramp up our wholesale wholesale business, go out. You'll Hopefully soon you'll see us in a bunch of different restaurants in the town. So That's awesome. Yeah. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. 
Well, hey, in addition to Brightwater, Sandy, in your experience, will you talk about the aspects of Bentonville's culture and identity that you find especially appealing and how they've been helpful to you and your business? That's 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 actually the easiest question. I lived, we like I said, we moved here in the middle of 90s, mid-90s when I was in high school. And shortly after that, I went down to Little Rock, finished my finished my bachelor's degree, did all that. And I was down there for about 15 years. And then I moved back up here. The thing that Northwest Arkansas, Bentonville, Rogers specifically have is the breadth of things to do. Mm-hmm. So it feels like a larger town with just everything going on and all the social events and everything. But people still, you still have the regulars. I still recognize my people when they come in. I've been lucky enough to see them across town and it's not so much, oh, hey, I know you. It's they're, you're greeting a friend yeah. and, and you don't, you really don't get that in larger cities. And that's, that's what brought me back here from Little Rock was the, was the small town friendly community. That's what it was. You know, that's really interesting because I often talk with folks about Northwest Arkansas as being the city mm-hmm. and then the towns being the neighborhoods. Yeah. That's, and yeah, and when you talk about sort of good urban development and city development and so on, you what you want to do is have these neighborhood centers, mm-hmm. these places where people can congregate and make something out of this yeah. place where they live. And because of the way that Northwest Arkansas has grown, that's essentially what has happened. That We've is. created that that model city. We have. And in looking back from like the mid mid-90s to now, even at that time, I kind of that's where we were headed as a mm-hmm. as a Northwest Arkansas corner of the state community, Metroplex, whatever we want to call it. And to see that actually come to fruition is really cool. I it's not very often that you get you get to live in a place where the people are so hell bent on just making their community the best that it can be. I I probably said a word that I probably shouldn't have. I'm sorry. Oh, it's um, totally fine. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying I'm trying to watch my mouth. Work in a kitchen. We can censor anything you say. <laughs> That's probably good. Just so enthusiastic of making an area so family community friendly oriented it's you don't see that very often and i understand that it's it's not a completely altruistic thought process behind it but it it helps everybody it helps the entire community whether you agree with the background of it or not so yeah you betcha so this place has changed quite a bit since you've been here. Yes. What excites you about Bentonville's future? It still, um, it blows my mind a little bit. It still, it, it does not a little bit, a lot. When I talk to a lot of people and they're here as tourists, mm-hmm. that's kind of weird. You, I'm like, it's just Bentonville. Why are you visiting Bentonville? But there's a lot going on with mountain biking, um, the museums, which are amazing, just heard we're going to get a pro soccer team. Like, yeah, we're getting two. 
Wait, two? What? We're getting two pro soccer teams. So what they missed the lead story. We're getting both men's and women's USL teams. Oh, that's... Albeit next door in Rogers, but it is Northwest Arkansas. And we all, you know, in in fact, I'll give props to uh, uh, Mayor Hines and and Rogers. I mean, I was listening to that announcement earlier and uh, it's been one of the worst kept secrets in town for a while. But but he was talking about, he just kept repeating Northwest Arkansas, Northwest Arkansas. And that is symbolic of, it's, it's not symbolic, it is the way we think around here. It's we're building Northwest Arkansas as a city. Mm-hmm. And these different towns then give you the and opportunity. They're the neighborhoods, that's just right. like you said. That's a great. Yeah. That's a great analogy. And exactly. Yeah. I mean, if you want to bring a business here or build a business here, it can be in the zip code that you need, and your people have the choice of the neighborhoods and the lifestyles that they want to leave. Yeah. Or, or live. And yeah. It's, perfect. it's. Yes, I I didn't know the women's team was coming too. That's yeah, really very cool. Exciting. That's fantastic. Are they going to share the same stadium? We're yes, totally they are. getting off, off topic. Same stadium. But... No, totally, totally. That's fine. Okay, cool. Sorry. All the same stadium facilities. Yeah, I just get off on a total different tangent. There's a lot of focus in the in the United States for probably across the world, but men's sports as opposed to women's sports. So yeah. it's really nice that men and women get the same facilities in that. So I, as a woman and a woman in business and and that is that that excites me. That I think that's really neat that they get all the same things. So. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's very Northwest Arkansas too, right? It's how can we figure out how to okay, a soccer team's great. How can we get better? Yeah. How, how can, can we, we make it better? And how make can we it do better? it? Yep. Absolutely. Will you share a story? Tell me a story and make it a hashtag because Bentonville stories. That is a, a story or a moment where you look back at it and you go, you know what? That could only happen here. Or maybe it describes the essence of Bentonville. Man, I've been thinking about this and I thought about a story and then I completely lost it right now. I'll tell you a story while I'm thinking, while you're uh, thinking about it. Please. Somebody sent me a message on LinkedIn the other day and uh, they said, you know, I, I, they sent me a connection request with mm-hmm. a message and they said, I have a hashtag because Bentonville story. I was in my house the other day and I heard a helicopter and okay. it felt like or seemed like it was flying kind of low. So I walked outside and I looked up and there's this sleekest helicopter I've ever seen. And it has bike racks hanging off the side of it and bikes attached to the bike racks. Yeah, that is definitely because Ben, that, yes, that is exactly it. Got a good one for you. Goes back to bike racks. You have to trigger something. So a friend of ours is um, director of trail development. Oh, nice for trailblazers, I think. If he hears this and I got it wrong, he'll tell me. Anyway, we reached out to him because we want to put a bike rack. Our new location on 14th is maybe a mile from the Greenway. And the way everything is building out there, they're adding more Greenway space. Um, I think Greenway, there's a road going to be cutting through between Creekside Park all the way through to 102, which Mm -hmm. which is great for us. Anyway, all that to say, we want to put a bike rack out and we want one of the, the Ozark trails, pretty oh, colored yeah. bike racks, you know? So we reached out to him and we're like, Hey, I need this bike rack, man. There's such a demand for them. They're backlogged. Oh, and you don't pay for the bike racks. They, they, they do it. 
And yeah, there's such a demand in Northwest Arkansas for the bike racks, Bentonville specifically, that they can't get enough to paint and give to all the businesses that want them. So we're on a waiting list. There you go. That there's, a, that's, <laughs> that's amazing. I never uh, would have thought it. It's like it's a bike rack, but yeah, everybody wants them. So it's that's that's really cool. That's really that is cool. very cool. I think it's cool to drive by, you know, elementary schools and see 60 All or 80 bikes, bikes parked out front or or more to see bike trains on the way to school. Did you did you walk to school when you were a kid? Uh, yes. Okay. Sometimes I rode the bus. Sometimes I walked. Yeah. Like yeah. in high school, we lived, well, like my freshman and sophomore year of high school, we lived like in the subdivision across the street from the high school in town. And I would walk every day unless even, well, even when it snowed, it was in Michigan, but and then in elementary school, I remember walking to school and I, there was, and riding bikes and it, that just seemed more prevalent Yeah, growing up than it is now. And it's really nice to see all the kids getting back outside and making a big deal about that and playing in their neighborhoods and all that kind of thing. So Yeah, it's really cool. I, I get to travel around sometimes or go other places and I don't see that in you, no, you other don't. places. The the bike culture that everybody talks about in the uh, the ideal way mm-hmm. that nobody else believes exists it, because we do it have just it. can't. We actually have it. Yeah, it's pretty it, wonderful. It's, yeah, it's, it's really cool. I... I love to see the people out on the bikes. I'm so glad that they're revamping A Street and yes. adding bike lanes to it because that road is scary. It just just to see all that and make it easier to, for the bikes to get around town and easier for the cars to get around the bikes. Mm-hmm. I that's going to go a long way to building the community. I think absolutely. Well, hey, as we start wrapping up, don't want to forget this question, Sandy. <laughs> If somebody wants to reach you or get to know more about mm-hmm. Sandy Sue's Gluten-Free Bakery, how do they do that? They can email me at sandysuegfb at gmail.com. Uh, visit us on social media, either Facebook or Instagram. Or you can just come into the shop and we're happy to chat. Our address is 2500 Southwest 14th Street, Suite Number 10. It's where uh, Trick Dilly Tacos used to be next door to mm-hmm. Beef Brady's. Perfect. Well, as we start winding this thing down, the rest of these questions are, some are advice questions, some are random questions. I'm going to start with an advice question. What advice do you have for folks who are thinking about whether they should start a business regardless of where they are at their stage of life, or or maybe they had a long corporate career, and especially if it's a food business? Just do it. I I hear from a lot of people... Well, I'm I'm getting older and you know, I'm old. I don't want to do this start something new. It's time's going to pass anyway. You might as well do it something doing something you enjoy. And if it's being creative, starting a new business, getting going into a new field, going back to school, I just just do it. Time's going to pass anyway. You might as well do it something you enjoy. That's it. Just get started. Just get started. Take the first it. step. Sage advice. In your experience, what's the hardest thing about starting a business? And then we'll balance that with what's the easiest thing? The hardest thing, there were two things that I was very cognizant, there we go, about when I was starting my business. One, the financial side, because you can't build a sustainable business if your financials aren't in order. If you're just giving money away, you're you're not going to last any more than like two years. 
that was a, so all the taxes and the financial and all that, that was, that was something that is the hardest thing to do. You want to make sure you have a good, I, luckily I have a really good CPA and some and bookkeepers and my husband's incredible with money. So he's the CFO and I, that way I can do what I like to do. The other thing, the hardest thing, the other harder thing, finding a marketing team that you trust. Yep. Whether if you enjoy that thing, that sort of thing, which I don't, it's like very low on my list of things I like to do. Hire somebody that you like and has a good viewpoint for your business and speaks in the same tone that you do, mm -hmm. I guess, to your public or do it yourself and stay consistent um, with your branding. I found that just listening to some other owners and kind of being aware of what's going on in the, in the area of small businesses, a lot of places you can have the best thing in the world, whether it's food, aesthetics, clothing, whatever you're doing. If people don't know that you're out there and know how to find you, it doesn't matter. I mean, it's, it, Sam Walton said it best. People decide your fate with, they vote for you with a dollar. And if they don't know you're there, they can't vote for you. Mm. So marketing, marketing was essential. And once I figured out that it was not my forte, then it was really easy to outs make the decision to outsource it and then find somebody to, to do that for me, which is nice. Yeah. Finding a great marketing company is so hard. Yes. It, it, what you said is exactly right. I mean, it, it is hard to find a marketing company that speaks with sort of the same voice, the same tone, mm -hmm. and understands you and is kind of an extension of your mind. Yeah. It's really hard to find that. And so folks don't just buy or don't just well, buy a marketing company if you can, but don't, don't just get a marketer based on best price or this is my buddy that I know or, or whatever. Really, that's something that's a part of your business where you should take your time you should, finding exactly what yes, you need. Yes, because they're at the at the end of the day, your marketing company or whomever you choose to do it, company, person, whatever, they're your voice. So you want to make sure that whatever whatever they're putting out there rep accurately accurately represents your business, your brand, your person as possible. You don't want, you don't want somebody to, you don't want them to make a wrong step because it's not necessarily going to reflect on them. It's going to reflect on you at the That's end right. of the day. So. Okay, Sandy, here's one of those random questions. Okay. I like random questions. If you were a superhero, what would your superpower be and what non-baked food would you have to eat to supercharge Ooh. your superpower? Super, oh. Invisibility. Okay. Would be the superpower just because I, I enjoy going to airports so I can people watch. It's kind of fun. You never know what you're going to see. It's really, it's really entertaining, especially like the larger ones. Mm -hmm. Those are the good ones. Coffee. It would have to be coffee. You said food, but I mean, yeah. if you add enough oat milk and sugar into your coffee, then it's a food. It's a food. Right? Yeah. yeah. It's, it's cool. Yeah. Coffee. There you go. That's great. What has been, what's, What's the craziest or most unusual custom order that you've received? Oh, this. So one of my customers ordered, it was for her daughter's birthday. 
And I was like, well, she's like, well, what kind of cakes do you offer? And I was like, everything's custom. What do you want? No, really, what flavors do you offer? I was like, no, really, everything's custom. What do you want? And her dotted daughter, daughter um, wanted a coffee cake cake. So we did a vanilla cake with the coffee cake swirl inside yeah. and then like a cream cheese icing on it. And that was three. Heather will tell me if it's wrong, but like three years ago or so. And apparently she still talks about it as like the best cake she's ever had. So it sounds amazing. I want that cake now. If you could only, and I know this is like asking about which child you love the oh, most, but, no. or, or which family member you love the most. But if you could only eat one thing from Sandy Sue's gluten-free bakery for the rest of your life, what would it be and why? Pizza. Oh, all right. Pizza dough. It's Our dough is a um, unique recipe. It has sourdough in it. It bakes up. It like I like to grill mine, so it gets a really good crust on the outside, oh, yeah. crunchy crust. And then the inside still is like kind of thicker and chewy. And it's like the old Pizza Hut hand-tossed pizza style that you just don't get with gluten-free because yeah. it's either like cauliflower. So when you pick up a slice, it goes bloop. Or it's cardboard with marinara sauce on it, which is horrible. Uh-huh. This is this is legit. This I I I could probably live on it. Oh man. Which is terrible. Now I need to try your pizza dough. Look, I I don't the cauliflower pizza thing is okay. I in fact I made it one time from scratch. Why why would anybody ruin cauliflower? No, well, why would anybody ruin pizza like that? Why why would anybody spend that amount of time trying to wring Oh, uh, yeah, the you have to wring all the water out of, out of it. That's horrible. Yeah. I I realized that the reason my friends who were eating cauliflower pizza or cauliflower dough had muscles was not because they were working out. It was it was wringing the water out. It was, okay, I've got two questions left. Okay. What's something new that you're working on? Oh, wouldn't you like to know? No, I'm kidding. Croissants have always been on our list. It's, it's really hard to do gluten-free croissants. It's something we've been trying to figure out for a while. And I have a new recipe that I'm very optimistic about. So we'll try that in the near future. And then there's some new sandwiches coming down the pipeline. Once we open our dining room, the one I'm most excited for is our duck pastrami. Um, Marshall Shafkowitz, the executive director of Brightwater, created Mm -hmm. that for us. So we're calling it the director. It's our seedy bread. It's our seedy bread is kind of like a darker bread with, with, I about to say cauliflower. It doesn't have cauliflower in it caraway seeds in it. So it kind of mm-hmm. has like a rye taste to it. It'll have duck pastrami um, and then a caramelized onion and fig jam on it. I oh, know. Wow. I am really hungry now. Those sound, <laughs> those both sound fabulous. Let me know when the croissants come out and, and I need to know about these sandwiches too. Those social sound social media is wonderful. It'll, when I figure it out, it'll, it'll be posted. I'll probably get up on the roof and shout it. To the whole city. Sure. You know, I've, I've been turning off notifications for social media, but I might turn them on for your social media. I wish I because could. Because I need to know. I wish I could. It's so, it's a necessary, it's a necessary evil when, with a small business for a small business owner. It, it is what it is. Absolutely. Well, one last question. Okay. What's something I should have asked you that I did not ask? 
this is your chance to get in that last thing that you're like, I forgot to say that, or there's something I want to say, but the guy didn't ask me. That's a good question. I, I think the conversation was random enough. I think we got everything. Awesome. Well, Sandy, thank you so much for spending time uh, with you. me and the Bentonville Beacon audience today. You're essentially using food as medicine. That's right now a 100% gluten-free diet is the only treatment for celiac disease. That's why it's that's why it's such a passion of mine that people can come come to my bakery, eat everything on the menu. One the the there's the light in their eyes and just the joy on their face when they're like, oh, I don't have to do menu research and go, oh, I guess I'm going to have a salad because it's all I can eat or things like that is just, it's amazing. And being able to provide good food for people who unfortunately don't usually get it is we're very, very privileged and humbled and lucky to be able to doing that for our community. Well, cool. Thank you so much. You're you're radically changing people's lives. You're giving them the opportunity to enjoy bread and mm-hmm. cake and pies and pizza cinnamon dough, rolls. cinnamon rolls, soon croissants. I hope so. I'm Fingers starving crossed. now. I know. Um, so thank you for helping people in Bentonville and across Northwest Arkansas live their best lives. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, thanks to our Bentonville Beacon audience. Appreciate you checking in on this episode. Without you, we would never reason to do this show. So to help with our ongoing success, will you please share this episode with your friends and colleagues who you think ought to know about Sandy Macklem and Sandy Sue's Gluten-Free Bakery? And keep coming back to learn more about Bentonville and Northwest Arkansas, this place where you can get more of what you want and less of what you don't. And as always... To check out all of our episodes, you can do that through any podcast player where you will hit your subscribe button and also on BentonvilleBeacon.com. Thanks. We'll see you next time. Thank you for tuning in to the Bentonville Beacon podcast. We hope to see you next week.